Turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, we're continuing, of course, our study of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's that wonderful time of the year we focus on the birth of our Savior. Galatians 4, 4 says, in the fullness of time, God brought forth his son at just the right time. We started last week what we're calling a two-part study concerning uh, the different people centered around the birth of Jesus Christ. And what we've done is this, uh, let me get that here, we've seen people and events before and people and events before and after, people and events before and after the birth of Jesus Christ. Last time we saw four people before. It was Zacharias and Elizabeth, Joseph and Mary. This morning we're going to see four after the birth, and we're going to see the response to the birth of the Messiah. It's a special time because we think about the birth of our Savior. Now, the verses and the places we go are so familiar, but we want to look at them and once again maybe see some things we've not thought of before. Christmas is a time of joy and hope and love, and of course, gifts. And the focus should be on Jesus Christ. Think about it, joy. The joy that the Savior's come. Hope that the hope of eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ. The love that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And gifts, the gift of the son, Jesus Christ. We mentioned last week that sometimes at this time of the year, the focus moves away from Christ to the events and and shopping and activities and presents and gifts. And sometimes we focus on what we're getting or what we're giving. We realize Jesus' words are so true. He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. We see children, especially at this time of the year, and the joy of getting. I I read this letter before. I want to read my favorite Santa letter, okay? And here's a little boy, and he writes. He says, Dear Santa, there are three boys who live in our house. There is Jeffrey. He's two. There is David. He's four. And there's Norman. He's seven. Jeffrey's good some of the time. David is good some of the time, and Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. (laughs) Even though the world focuses on gifts, our focus should be on the greatest gift of all, and that is the birth of Jesus Christ. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Galatians 4, 4, at the fullness of time, at the right time, God sent his son. John 3, 16, is God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus Christ. We realize that the child born was born to die, to pay for our sins. As we think about our study, we're seeing those involved before and after the birth. Last time, four before the birth. This time, four after the birth. They all receive messages. Let's remember last time, four people, two couples. An older couple, Zacharias and Elizabeth, a younger couple, Joseph and Mary. We saw that Zachariah and Elizabeth got a message from God that they would have a son who would go before the Messiah. They believed that, and they told others that son that they had or that they were going to have was John, John the Baptist, and he was the forerunner of the Messiah. And so Zacharias and Elizabeth were told, that and they believed it and told others. We also saw that Joseph and Mary had a message. They had a message that their son would be the Messiah, that he would be the savior of the world. And they believed and they told others as well. And there was a cost involved there because we saw bringing the son into the world, it was the cost of protecting and raising the son of God. We realize we have a message as well and that is a message that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die on the cross for us, to pay for our sins and rise again. And he gives eternal life to all who believe. And we have a response, that is to believe the message and tell the message to others. Well, this morning, let's think about four after the birth of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at the shepherds, a man named Simeon, the wise men, and a king named Herod. And as we look at these, we're going to see Luke's description of what happened uh, after that. But by the way, before we do that, let's see the greatest event. 
Let's see the birth of Jesus Christ. You should be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 1, and we see God sending his Son into the world. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 1. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. Now, Caesar Augustus was the ruler of the Roman Empire. Rome became an empire in 62 BC, and so now it's... We'd say it's about zero because the baby's going to be born. It really isn't a zero. There's a one and a one, uh, one A.D. and one B.C. But in those days, this decree went out from Caesar Augustus. And he said that he wanted a census to be taken of the inhabited earth. Now, we know why he did it. He did it so he could tax the people. He could count the people and have more taxes. Now, he thought he was doing what he wanted to do, but he doesn't realize that God was using him to fulfill prophecy. This was the reason Mary and Joseph, who were living in Nazareth at the time, had to leave Nazareth in the northern part of Israel and go to the southern part of Israel to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's hometown. Why? Because the decree went out, but really why? Because God had prophesied back in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so look what happens. This was, this says this was the first census while Quirinius was the governor. Everybody was on their way to register. Verse 4, Joseph went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, that's the northern part of Israel, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, that's the southern part of Israel, because he was of the house and the family of David. And so they left, and they took off. Now, they're moving slow. She's going to have a baby. In fact, it's about time for the baby to be born. In fact, the truth is, it's about the worst time if you're going to be traveling, is to have this baby, and you're going to come all the way from the northern part of Israel. It's over 300 miles. They're going to be coming probably on a donkey, and you're going to make this trip. Well, you know, everybody's got to go back to their hometowns, and by the time they get to Bethlehem, everything is full. They didn't have holiday inns. They didn't have any things like that. The room at the inn would be a bad place to stay if you could even get a place there because it just wasn't like what we think, and they would want to find relatives' homes, but by the time they get there, it's completely and goes on to say in verse 5 in order they went down there in order to register along with Mary who was engaged to him was with child and while they were there the days were completed for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wept, wrapped him in cloths and she laid, laid him in a manger for there was no place no room for them in the inn most people feel like they were outside of an inn where they keep the animals and there's a, a manger as a feed trough and so they took baby Jesus when he was born, and they wrapped him in cloths, and they laid him in a feed trough because there was no place else for them. The birth of the Savior of the world. He didn't come to a palace. He didn't come to famous people. He came to poor people. He came in a little bitty town. He came not in a place that would be wealthy or nice, but in a stable, in a feed trough. Well, let's see those who came, who were after the birth, the message that they had. And the people, first we're going to look at, of course, it's that time for the birth, and here he is. Let's think about the shepherds. The shepherds, look at verse 8. It's a famous passage. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, you understand that Bethlehem and Jerusalem are only eight miles apart. And in between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, there were a lot of shepherds, and the shepherds raised these animals, these sheep. And why did they raise them? They raised them to be sacrifices at the temple in Jerusalem. So that says that in that same region, right there, not very far outside of Bethlehem, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And some people say, well, it couldn't be in December. 
because it'd be too cold. They wouldn't be out watching over their flock by night. But I've been in Jerusalem. I've been in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. And I've been outside in a shepherd's field with a sweater on is all. They would be out there. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terribly frightened. An angel comes. An angel, they were afraid because angels are such powerful beings and we've talked about this over and over again. Anytime you study the Bible and anytime an angel appears to people, people are always afraid. So look what the angel says in verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Stop being afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Here's the message. Good news. That's the gospel. Great joy. That's the joy of salvation. To all people, that's everyone, because Jesus died for everyone. So the angels say, I've got, I've got a message for you that's good news, great joy to all people. Well, what exactly is that message? Verse 11 says, For today... In the city of David, that's Bethlehem, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now notice, in the city of David, Bethlehem, a Savior is born. You understand that the Jewish people, from the time of Abraham on, was looking for uh, the Messiah, and from David on, was looking for a descendant of King David who would be the Savior of the world. Now it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, because it was a promise to Adam and Eve that the seed of woman will crush the head of the serpent, that a Messiah and a Savior would come, and from Adam and Eve to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Judah, to David, and all the way up, here he is, and the angel says, Today, he is born. He is coming to the world. The one that mankind has waited for from the very beginning has now come to this earth. Born this day in the city of David is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice they didn't, the emphasis was Savior. Notice they didn't say born as a good man, born as a prophet, born as a teacher, born as an example. He said, no, born this day in the city of David is a Savior, Christ the Lord. What would you think if you were there? What would you think if you were a shepherd? You know, by the way, shepherds were the outcast. I mean, they were dirty all the time. They were. They stayed outside all the time. And, and they had a tough job. And, and so they were lowly of the people. They weren't upper echelon. They were lower echelon. God gives the message to the shepherds. You know why? Because that Messiah, Savior, one day is the shepherd who offers himself as the final sacrifice for sin. The great shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Well, look what the angel says. This will be a sign for you. And by the way, if I was one of the shepherds, I want to know, where is he? Where is he? And this, the angel said, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger in a feed trough. That's the sign. The sign is there's a baby born in Bethlehem, and he's wrapped up, and he's in a feed trough. And suddenly... There was this multitude with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, and praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he's well pleased. Suddenly the sky is filled with these angels. And you know those shepherds were looking up and they were going, oh my gracious, what in the world? This is amazing. That's the message. The message, the Savior has been born in Bethlehem. Well, how will they respond? How will they respond to this message? They believe the message. Look what it says. And the, when the angels had gone away from him, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's do this. Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. Let's go as quickly as we can. Let's find the Savior of the world. 
So they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger, the feed trough. And what did they do? It, when they seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. You know, they went to Joseph and Mary and said, listen, you're not going to believe this, but a whole bunch of angels just came. A big angel came and then a whole bunch of other angels came and they told us that your baby is the savior of the world. The Messiah, the one we've all been waiting for. All who heard this wondered at the things which were being said by the shepherds, but Mary... She treasured all these things in her heart. You know why? Because she already knew. She already knew. The angel already told her that she would have the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that her baby would be the Messiah and the Savior. Joseph knew the same thing. He knew that this would be the Savior of the world. So what did the shepherds do? Shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just had been told them. The message, the Savior is born. What did they do? Their response, they believed. And they told others. What's the message to us? The Savior has been born. The Savior has died and risen again. What's our response? To believe and to tell others. Well, there's more. Let's meet an old man. His name is Simeon. Let's look a little further down in the passage to verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous. And devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, you know, that's pretty unique. First of all, he's an older man. He's righteous, which means he's a believer. He's trusted in the coming Messiah. He's devout, which means he was a set-apart man. He was looking for the consolation of Israel. That means he was looking for the Savior and the Messiah. And something very unusual, the Holy Spirit was upon him. In the Old Testament, and by the way, this is Old Testament. New Testament does not begin till the death of the Messiah. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not come upon everybody. Just certain people at certain times. He is one of these people. Notice verse 26, very unusual. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He's looking, for the, he's looking for the Messiah, but it had been told to him. He would not die until he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Now, what if, what if God said to you, came to you and said, you will not die until you see Jesus Christ coming in the clouds to get you? That means you will live until the rapture. What if, what, if he, what if an angel appeared to you somehow, or the Holy Spirit revealed to you just as he did to him, you will not die physically until Jesus comes and gets you. He told this older man, you will not die physically until you see the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Wow. He's getting old. He says, you know, I'll be coming pretty soon because I don't know how much longer I'm going to make it. What's his response? He's going to believe. Look what it says. He came into the temple. He came in the spirit in, in the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to care of for him the custom of the law. Now I want you to understand something. This man, Simeon, had been waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And one day, the Holy Spirit revealed to him and said, this is the day go into the temple at Jerusalem. So he went into the temple. Meanwhile, Joseph and Mary are bringing Jesus to the temple. Why? Well, on a little boy, on the eighth day, 
they circumcised him and gave him his name. That's already happened. This is now the 40th, about close to the 40th day, because a woman, after having a boy baby under the Mosaic law, was unclean for 33 days. If it was a girl baby, it was 66 days. 33 days have passed. She now, Mary and Joseph, come into the temple to offer a sacrifice. That's what they've come to do. And as they come into the temple, notice what happens. Verse 27. He came into the spirit of the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, that's the 33 days after that, look what it says. And he took him. He took the baby. And he took him in his arms. And he blessed God and said. Now, before we look at what he said, what if you're Mary and you come in and he goes, hey, come here. Give, give me that baby. Excuse me. Give me all that baby. I don't know if I should let, this is, the, this is the Messiah, Savior. Should I give this baby to this man? I don't even know this man. He took him into his arms and he blessed God and he said, Now, Lord, you're releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. You know what he's saying? I can die. I can die. I can die in peace. Look what he goes on to say. For my eyes have seen your salvation. I've seen the Savior, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This is the Savior for Jews and Gentiles. This is the Savior of the world. He said, I can die because I've now seen him. You said, I wouldn't die till I saw the Savior. I have him in my hands. I have him in my arms. I can die. What was this message? You'll not die until you saw the Messiah. His response, he believed. He saw the Messiah and he told others. Well, there's another one. And let's turn to Matthew chapter 2. Just flip over there in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. And we want to see some other famous people coming. And these are the wise men. Now, if you're like me, when I grew up, I saw the manger scenes. And the manger scenes was like a little shed thing. And then there's the baby Jesus in there. And there's Mary and Joseph. And there's the shepherds. And then you've got these three figures that are there as well called the wise men. What I didn't realize and what most people don't realize is the wise men were not there the night that Jesus was born. They came almost two years later. And so we, as we picture Matthew chapter 2 now, we find two years have passed since the birth of Jesus Christ. He is not a little baby anymore. He's about two years old. He's not in a manger anymore. He's in a house. We'll see the passage as we see the wise men. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying... Now, who are these people? Magi, they were actually astronomers. They were people who studied the stars. They were religious, and they were from the east, most likely Persia, the old Medio persian Empire. Does anybody know who used to be in the Medio persian Empire? It's a guy by the name of Daniel, which we're studying on Sunday morning. And these people in the Medio persian Empire are coming from the east, and they've followed a star, and they've come to find the Savior of the world. Because Daniel most likely told them that one day there would be a sign in the sky, it would be a star, and if they followed that star, they would find the Savior of the world. And so after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. And look what it goes on to say. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. What is the message? The message is they're looking for the Savior. They're looking for the king. They're looking for the Messiah. 
and their response? They've come in. We saw a star. We have come to worship. They believed the message, and they came to worship. That's their message and their response. Now, by the way, don't picture three people. You know where the three people originally came from? There was a book by Lou Wallace called Judah Ben-Hur. And at the start of the book, three travelers come together in the middle of the desert, and all of them have the same message. Go to Bethlehem, follow a star, and you'll see the Savior of the world. And that's in the book. And so historically, people have said there must have been three wise men because there's three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But let me tell you, there were more than three. They came in a caravan. They didn't come on a camel by themselves, two or three guys on that making that trip. Because notice it says, when Herod heard this, when they came, this group came into Jerusalem. They come into Jerusalem, and they're coming to find the king of the Jews. When Herod heard this, he was troubled, and notice, all Jerusalem with him. Three people coming in Jerusalem would not stir the city, but caravans coming into the city saying, we're looking for the Messiah. We're looking for the king of the Jews, the one who's been born king of the Jews. And that's what's so amazing. Where is he that has been born king of the Jews? Herod, who is the king, says, well, I wasn't born king of the Jews, but I am the king of the Jews. And I don't like anybody saying they were born king of the Jews. So here come the wise men. They said, we've seen his star. Gathering together, this is Herod, gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired where the Messiah was supposed to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea. And then they quote, and when you look at verse 6, that's quoting Micah chapter 5, verse 2, because it's in Bethlehem. Now, I want you to remember again that Jerusalem is eight miles to Bethlehem. Anybody could leave and in a short period of time make that eight-mile trek to go down there. The religious leaders, they looked it up. Where is he born king of the Jews? They said, Bethlehem. Why hadn't they gone? Why hadn't they gone? Why do people have to make a five or six hundred mile trip from the east to come to Jerusalem looking for the Messiah? They saw the star and they believed. By the way, Herod called in the wise men. Look at verse 7. Herod secretly called these magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. He said to them, when did you first see the star? And they're going to tell him about two years ago. This is two years after the birth of Christ. If you look at verse 16, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became enraged and he killed all of the male children who were in Bethlehem and vicinity from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. So when you read Matthew chapter 2 and you see the wise men coming, it's two years after the birth of Jesus Christ. I'm always amazed that these men would travel all of this time, all of this distance to find the Messiah, and the religious leaders in, Beth in Jerusalem wouldn't travel eight miles to find him. Well, look, they came. They found him. They saw this star that came up again, and they followed the star. And look at verse 11. And coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him, and they opened their treasures, and they presented to him the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, I want you to notice something, that it's not a stable and a manger. It's a house. And he's not a baby. 
He's a child. By the way, the Greek word for baby is brethos, and it means a baby in the womb or an infant. This is the word for a little boy. He is now at least two years old. And they come to this house, and they find him. And what do they do? They worship him. How many of you thought about worshiping a two-year-old? Okay, Because he's the savior of the world. He is the Messiah. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who he is. And so they, they give him gold, which represents deity, and frankincense, which represents a sweet smell in life, and myrrh, which represents his coming death. Because myrrh is what they put on people when they died. So what's the message? There's been a king born. They response, they believed, they came, and they worshipped. We have seen the shepherds. We've seen Simeon. We've seen the wise men. We have one more. And this one more is different. He's Herod. Herod the king. Look at chapter 2, verse 1 again. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Herod was a wicked man. He was an evil man. He was very powerful. He was very smart. He built all kind of things. He helped build the temple. He helped Jewish people expand the temple. He built a place called Masada, which was his summer home. He had a place up in Caesarea. He was a builder, and he was rich. He was powerful, and he was horrible. He pretended to be part Jewish so he could be king of the Jews. And being part Jewish, he refused to eat pigs. He said, I'm not going to eat pork because Jewish people don't eat pork. And so there was a legend that went out, it would be better to be Herod's pig than to be Herod's son because he killed at least three of his sons. But he wouldn't touch a pig, but he'd kill his son. So they'd say, it'd be better to be Herod's pig than to be Herod's son. He was an evil man. The wise men came and they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and we've come to worship him. This is the message. Where is the one born king of the Jews? Look at his response. He was troubled. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem. So he checked out with the religious leaders. We talked about that a while ago. He asked them, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? They looked it up. They said in Micah chapter 5 verse 2, it says he was going to be born in Bethlehem. So Herod called the wise men and said, about what time did y'all see that star? And they said, about two years ago. And Herod said this in verse 8. He sent them to Bethlehem. And said, go and search carefully for the child. Please find that child. And when you have found him, tell me, report it to me, so I may come and worship him. Now, he's a liar. He doesn't want to worship him. He wants to kill him. He doesn't want to worship the baby Jesus, the, the little child Jesus. He didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. He's lying to him. He says, go find him. And when you find him, come back, because I would really like to worship him. No, he would really like to kill him. And of course, we saw a while ago, the wise men went and they gave the gifts and they did everything and they worshiped him. And then an angel warned him and said, get out. And they took off. And then an angel came to Joseph in a dream and said, get out, get out, because Herod's going to try to kill him. In verse 16, when Herod saw that he'd been tricked by the Magi, he was enraged and he sent and he killed all the male children who were in Bethlehem and his vicinity from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. He was tricked. So what did he do? He killed all the babies, two years old and under. All the boy babies. 
Because he figured, okay, it's been about two years, so anything two years old and under, well, he will be there. Now, God had already protected him because God sent an angel in a dream to Joseph and said, get out, go to Egypt, stay there until I tell you to come back. And they spent almost two years in Egypt before they came back. His response, his message, there's a baby born king of the Jews. His response, he was troubled, he lied, he rejected, he killed picture of our world. See, when you think about the message of Jesus Christ, some believe in worship and some reject and often even try to destroy the message. As we think about this time of the year, the birth of our Savior, it is a great time of joy and worship. Let me give you some applications. We have been given a message from God. We have. The message is that Jesus is born and that he is the Savior. Jesus Christ came to the earth to be born in Bethlehem so he could die on the cross and pay for our sins. And when we think of Christmas time, we think of God's gift to mankind. It's the story of God's gift. The Savior has come into the world. So we have a message that God has sent a Savior. So let's believe and proclaim the message, think about this. Let's believe the message that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that the baby born in Bethlehem, when everybody says about Christmas time and about the baby born in Bethlehem, realize that baby is the Savior of the world. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, he, he is, he is, there's no other name given under heaven whereby we might be saved. In John 14, 6, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through him. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? I hope that every one of you in this room understand that the baby born in Bethlehem is the one who died on the cross to pay for sin and rise again to conquer death and offers the gift of eternal life, which comes simply by faith, in Jesus Christ. It is not works. It is not our goodness. It is faith alone in Christ alone. So we want to believe and proclaim the message. Do we believe the message? Have you trusted Christ as Savior right where you're sitting? You don't have to do anything. You just simply take the truth, take God's promise of eternal life, which comes by faith in Jesus Christ. The second aspect of this is to proclaim it, to make known this message to this world, to our community, the good news, the gospel, the joy of salvation, which is to all people, all who trust in Jesus Christ have eternal life. Last but not least, just realize that there will be some who reject the message. Just like we've seen all of those who believed and told, we see Herod who rejected and lied. And there are people sometimes that we love and people that we come in contact with and we tell them the message of Jesus and sometimes they reject it. We want to proclaim the truth. We hope and pray that all we come in contact with will believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior at this time of the year. And so as we think about the birth of Christ, we think about the great salvation message that we believe and we proclaim in this community.